Welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fire. This is the Pyro Podcast, show 289. And in this show, we are going to be giving you the goo, dropping the knowledge of fantasy football goodness like only your boys at Pyro can. This show we're calling Totally Cremate Your Opponent opponent in Week 8. Um, got a little bit too lyrical there. Um, today, Stag Party, who's on the other end of the line, and myself are doing an Uber conference to get this Week 8 show going. Houdini is on business. I haven't been feeling great, and sometimes it's just nice to record from your own house and not have to be uh, in front of anyone and stag party being annoyed by me cracking beers while he's not. So we are going to give you the goo apart from one another, but trust me, we're going to go through all the slates and the matches. Um, We got the bye weeks this week are the Cardinals, Packers, Jaguars, Rams, Giants, and Titans. So we will not be discussing anyone from any of those teams, um, at least not for a fantasy this week standpoint. What's going on, Stag Party? How are you? The best part of doing this show is doing it pantless. That's what they <laughs> always say. So uh, it, it's good. We're in, you know we're about to be halfway through the season for a lot of these teams. Uh, a couple of the teams are lagging back behind, already having their bye weeks, so they're they're going to need that extra game. But we're about at the halfway point of the team. The league, my teams are rolling right now, and and now is when you really start thinking about those trades. And you know the league is even, you know, foreshadowing this and making some trades of their own. Today, the Chargers sent Dontrell Inman to the Bears, and the even bigger news of the day could be, you know, Martavis Bryant getting held out this week. Uh, and one of the factors in that is potentially, hey, we don't want to get this guy beat up. Uh, before you know the trade deadline, if we decide to go that route, yeah, they're moving them. Uh, I don't think there's any doubt about it. They've got such great depth at the wide receiver position. Juju uh, is basically the favorite player in 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 Steelerville right now. Steeler Nation loves the guy right now. The team loves him. The locker room loves him. He looks like he can get it done. Um, I see them. There's always been a lot of kind of. Um, uh, outsider talking head, you know, armchair quarterbacks and even legends like, uh, you know, um, Bradshaw talking shit on uh, coach Tomlin. I think he's not going to let this one fester. He's going to uh, quickly make a move. Uh, I'm kind of bummed. I'm psyched we got Inman, but I'm bummed. Uh, I tweeted yesterday, I believe. Um, but I, I want, I wanted us to go get Martavis, the Bears. It's not a move the pace is going to do, but. Uh, that would have been pretty sweet, and maybe we still can. But if we went from the garbage we have now to uh, Dontrell Inman and Mark, uh, Tavis Bryant as the Bears wide receivers, that'd be pretty dope. That'd be a big upgrade. But <laughs> we've got a Thursday night game to talk about here. True. We've got, we've got the Miami Dolphins versus the, or versus and at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, Miami coming off you know a big comeback last week. Uh, led by Matt Moore against the Jets after they jumped out early. Uh, so Jay Cutler's already been ruled out in this matchup. So we'll be looking at a Matt Moore-led team. Devontae Parker is a guy who's highly, highly questionable. Uh, I'd bet on them sitting him again uh, before this sort of mini bye week that they're going to get, you know, seeing as how they already had theirs in week one. So I, I think it'd be the combination of Landry and Stills again. And I think, they're both pretty good plays, especially Landry out of the slot where the uh, Ravens, you know, secondary isn't as good as on the exterior. 
So I, I like Landry's a strong play, and we know the speed uh, of Stills as a difference maker, especially with Matt Moore, a quarterback, and a guy who likes to target him. The only, yeah. the only other real play here is Jay Ajayi, uh, just because of the volume. The touchdowns have yet to come this season. He right now is, is the leading player in touches without a touchdown, currently with 135. So eventually we've got to think those fortunes swing back in his favor a little bit. Uh, against the Ravens, they have, over the last five or six weeks, ha- have just given it up to opposing running backs. Uh, they've given up 144 yards to Le'Veon Bell, 167 yards to Jordan Howard, 113 yards to Latavius Murray. So the matchup is prime for JHI to get rolling. Yeah, do you think uh, the way it's been going with Jay, the J train not getting any uh, any touchdowns, you see him uh, getting one, you see them going out of their way to try and get this guy in the end zone, or uh, is it going to still just be uh, – uh, I'm running uh, a train running through its little uh, tunnel and not fitting. Ah, uh, I mean, he's been making it happen. Like Jay's been making some moves on his own. Uh, that offensive line is doing him no favors, but the defensive line for the Ravens is beat up on the interior. Uh, they've still got that quality linebacker depth and, you know, sort of outside linebacker depth, but, you know, the interior is so beat up. If they just run that ball up the middle, there should be some success to be had. So I'm liking Jay as an RB2 this week uh, just because of that volume. You've got to trust volume right now, and eventually the scores will come, uh, especially with Matt Moore, who's got that gunslinger type of mentality, uh, you know, to be able to take some deep shots. Jay looked for real reserve this season. It's something that he hasn't looked in a while. So that that that's the part that's you know giving you some hope for a Jai as an Ajayi owner. Yeah. Well, the one thing that uh, I read around the webs was the Dolphins are nine and zero anytime the Jai Ajayi has over seventy five yards rushing. Um, so hopefully the management and ownership knows it, and the team just can gel together because uh, they need him to be able to uh, keep rocking um, and, and, and take that next step. So we'll see. It should be exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to see more back there, to be honest, for everyone. Um, definitely for Kenny Stills. Kenny Stills seems to have a pretty good rapport um, with Moore and had a nice game last week when Moore came in. So I think uh, uptick for sure for Kenny Stills with a Matt Moore in there. Yep. Uh, I'm still off Julius Thomas, except for a couple catches. He did make a sick snag last week. And that was the most athleticism we've seen out of him since his Denver days. But let's flip it over to the other side where everyone on the Baltimore Ravens is questionable. <laughs> like, I don't even know how this happened. Literally 129 of Joe Flacco's 224 passing attempts this season the guys targeted on those 129 are either out or questionable for tomorrow night's game. So that is a major, major scary factor. You're looking at guys like Max Max Williams out, Terrence West out, but then you're looking at Ben Watson questionable, Jeremy Macklin questionable, uh, Mike Wallace with a potential concussion uh, questionable. You're looking at uh, Rashad Perriman questionable. Last week, Griff Whalen was their leader in snap count at the wide receiver position. And Chris Moore was their leader in fantasy points after scoring a touchdown. I want nothing to do with anybody here in the passing game. I want nothing to do with Joe Flacco. 
Um, the Dolphins are sort of a muck it up team anyways. They play slow. Uh, they like to run the ball and play ball control. And that should be even more prevalent on a Thursday night game. This is one of those, like, if I spend a minute watching it, I might literally throw up. And that was with previous teams that had some sort of fantasy um, uh, upside to them. I mean, through the first three games that we played in London, this will be the fourth game of the season played in London. Good God, poor guys. Um, the scores of the, the total score of the game has been 97 to 7. Yeah. <laughs> so the, the, the uh, two losing teams have scored of, of the three have scored zero points, and the other one scored just seven. Uh, yep. That is crazy. And that was with, you know, literally some good teams uh, Jaguars, Saints, Rams, Ravens, Dolphins, Cardinals. Um, oh, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. I jumped the gun here. I, let's we're still let's move about, on to that yeah, game. Let's move on. Let's move on. Okay. My bad. Uh, remember, the first part on Sunday, the first game is in London. That's the Vikings at the Browns. Um, I was just thinking, I'm like, hold on. The Ravens aren't playing in London. Um, they so the already Vikings, did. <laughs> yeah, they already did that. I was like, I literally was like, those poor guys have to go to London twice this year. Um, <laughs> anyway, idiot. Uh, so, yeah, basically where I was jumping into that is how Dudley these uh, London games have been uh, basically – uh, the, the, the winning teams uh, have scored in the first three games 97 to 7 points. So, And that was uh, with some good teams. So, obviously, Vikings um, showed some signs of improvement uh, a little bit, with at least on the running game post-Dalvin Cook injury. Uh, can he maintain that against the Browns? The Browns are a staunch run defense. But overall, if you look at this game – I'd have to say the Browns are the team more likely to score zero points than the Vikings. Just going out on a limb. Um, uh, You look at the Vikings run game. It is actually improved with Latavius Murray and Jarek McKinnon in terms of rushing yards per game. Since Dalvin Cook went out, they're averaging nearly 160 rushing yards per game between these two guys. Uh, they're each getting 15, 16, 17 touches a week. And, and against the Browns, I think that's a, a game we're going to have to play because I think they are going to get up early. Uh, but one thing that the sort of Browns have done well is move into sort of being clock killers uh, and run game killers so far this season. They haven't allowed a single player with more than 66 rushing yards against them this season. Uh, DeMarco Murray last week rushed for just 59 yards on 18 carries. Uh, They are a stiff, stiff run defense right now. Uh, And over the last five weeks, they're allowing, you know, under three yards a carry uh, with just one rushing touchdown. So I think both these backs are more running back twos, you know, flex plays than anything. Uh, but this could be a game where Case Keenum has to get it done because they are tough run defenders. Uh, you know, Case Keenum, you know, he's showing signs of life. Stefan Diggs practiced uh, today, and, you know, they're expecting him to play, which seems like a little bit of a outlier with a bye week coming up next week. You'd think they might hold him out in a London game to get him healthy, but he is going to travel with the team, so that's a big sign that he should be in the lineup this weekend. Uh, if he plays, I think you play him against the Browns secondary. I think you're playing Adam Thielen. We've seen the rest of these secondary receivers try and step up in, in place of Stephon Diggs and not get much done. Uh, 
Uh, so if he's out, I- I'd fade the rest of them and probably go to guys like Kyle Rudolph and Adam Thielen. Yeah, and Rudolph's actually been playing good over the last few weeks. Um, targets are way up, so uh, it seems like he's uh, kind of a, a coming around the bend, uh, maybe for a second half where he can uh, have a good kind of have a have a favorable season. He seems to do that uh, year in and year out, so that's that's a good sign. What about uh, McKinnon? McKinnon, I think, is also in that flex play territory. Uh, you get a little bit of added bonus if it's a PPR league. Uh, you get that safer floor with his receiving game. But I, I think they're both in RB2 sort of flex range uh, this week against you know the staunchier Browns run defense. But I, I probably would take the speedier guy on the outside over Latavius Murray trying to pound it in between the tackles against the Browns just for the way they've been playing against the run. Uh, I'd, I'd take a shot at a big play rather than 20 carries getting me to 60 or 70 yards. Cool. Well, let's go over to the Brown side of the ball. It's amazing. You see, they try to get Crowell going so much in the first uh, in the first half of games, but they're just never in any of them. Then the second half, they just kind of run. They just have to pass their way out of it, and they, it goes into the Duke Johnson uh, mold. Um <laughs> I think with the implied point total that we're seeing for this game, where you've got surprisingly Minnesota is sitting at 28.3, which is uh, pretty high, probably one of the highest they've been uh, for their implied point total all season. Um, I think it looks like another week where, um, you know, they're going to try and get uh, Crowell going, but it's going to be, you know, a Kaiser led offense. Well, maybe it won't, it will be at the start. Uh, We'll probably, he'll probably be yanked out. And then they'll throw in um, the next guy, and they'll 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 finish it off with Kessler. It's like it's like baseball pitching rotations on this team. Yeah, I, I want nothing to do with Pro L against the Vikings. Uh, so if you're picking a running back, I think it's Duke Johnson, especially if there's any type of PPR league. Uh, the Vikings, you know, against opposing run games are have allowed just 481 yards on four, uh, 148 carries. Uh, that's tough, tough run defense. You do get a little bit better uh, in the receiving game, although the yardage just hasn't come there either. Uh, with just 188 receiving yards allowed to running back so far this season. Mm. So if I can afford not to play even Duke Johnson, I would like, there's nobody I want to play on the side of the ball of the Browns. You can't try and play a quarterback against it just because, you know, if you decided you had to play Kaiser, he can get pulled at any goddamn point in this game for a Cody Kessler. Like we saw last week, they're talking about, they want a quarterback that protects the ball and Deshaun Kaiser just isn't the guy for that right now. He needs to, you know, go through the rookie mistakes and, you know, sort of go fuck it, chuck it a little bit, but they're not giving him that sort of leash. So do I don't you, want anything to do with any of these guys. What do you think about the outside of fantasy, the way that, that uh, Hughes pl- playing this? Um, do you think he's making a mistake and he just needs to sit him for a little bit? It's like, it feels it's like he doesn't want to play him, but he thinks he's going to destroy him if he doesn't. It's not good, Bob. Like pulling him out in the middle of the game is more destroying him than, you know, benching him for Cody Kessler for a couple weeks. Uh, I just don't know what the fuck he's doing. It it doesn't make any sense logically. So, uh, illogically, nope. Uh, What about Nyoku? Uh, You know, the targets have been there, you know, hit or miss on a weekly basis. 
Uh, Joku uh, does have a little bit of touchdown upside, but I'm not messing with anybody against this Vikings defense. Uh, fade all the Browns in London. Like it's, I don't think it's that big of an outlier to say. Well, I agree. Let's move on to uh, the first game uh, in the morning, in the uh, or, or midday, and that's going to be the Falcons are going to be at the Jets. Um, Falcons, obviously, uh, looks like there's some trouble in paradise there. Uh, other than, you know, that Julio Manchild in that touchdown and willing that thing out of the, the defender's hands, that was awesome play. Um, they just uh, really couldn't get it going against the Patriots. Do you see uh, that changing here on the Jets? Are they about to go smash mouth and start lighting it up, or is this team just uh, not really good <laughs> offensively anymore? I mean, it's probably a little bit in between. Uh, Patriots just, you know, they've had a long time to game plan uh, for the Falcons in the last two years. Uh, You know, there was a stat on NFL research today that said the Falcons, you know, scheme really hasn't changed. But there are some major factors that have changed. Uh, They're currently not attacking um, with Julio Jones as much on first down, which this is a Warren Sharp special, uh, when is the most sort of profitable and easiest time to get your number one wide receiver the ball. So they're not att- they're ta- attacking with him 5% less than they were last season. Doesn't sound like a big number, but it is. The opportunities and shot plays uh, just haven't been there deep down the field on first down. And, you know, they are running it a little bit more on first down. Um, Against the Jets, I do like, uh, you know, Devonta Freeman. Uh, Of course, I think he's got, you know, touchdown upside in every game, and they're giving him 16 to 18 carries a week. Uh, Against the Jets, I I think he can make an impact. Uh, Tevin Coleman is the one who's been hot and cold. Uh, I, I still sort of like him against the Jets as well, though. So I'd probably play him in that flex area, probably just behind Jarek McKinnon uh, and probably ahead of Latavius Murray. But it, that that's a tough call with their usage, and he just wasn't highly used last week, and that gives you a little bit of a scare. Uh, but the big plays have been there when given opportunities for Tevin Coleman. Uh, and then I play Julio, and then the rest of these guys, the Taylor Gabriels, the Mohamed Sanus, the Austin Hoopers are all fades. And I think you could also, you know, I mean, this is a rough bye week, so I, I don't think there are going to be many more better options than Matt Ryan, but I don't think he, he's a locked-in starter anymore. Like, that guy's in stream range right now. Wow. Yeah, I think I like what you were saying at the beginning. And I think this this team just doesn't have that explosiveness anymore. Remember last year, everyone was just turning their heads. I mean, they were just they were just ripping off 50 plus yard plays all the time, getting it early, striking down the field and first down. And they really got to figure out how to get back to that. Um, I think if to open it up for the rest of the team and to follow up with what you said, uh, Tevin Coleman only had 19 snaps last week. Uh, that seems like. Uh, versus Freeman's 41. That seems crazy when they were so far back and so down in the game. It kind of the game scripted towards uh, flipping that and having it be more of a Coleman job. So I don't know what's going on there, but that, like you said, it's a little bit worrisome if they're in a game where they're behind and Tevin Coleman's only getting 19 snaps. Yep. Um, Uh, What else you got? 
on the Jets side of the ball, though, I, I don't know how big they can get up. I, I don't know if they could have a you know twenty eight point game like they did last week against the Dolphins. So that gives me a little bit of hope, maybe for the Falcons defense. But looking at it, you know, Josh McCown's taking care of the ball right now. He's getting it out of his hands quick, which is good for all his playmakers. Uh, They might all be like has-beens or never was. And Jeremy Curley's, uh, Robbie Anderson, um, you know, Jermaine Curse, Austin Safarian Jenkins. But these are all guys that have been around the trials and tribulations of the league a little bit. Um, and, And they're sort of getting it done. Robbie Anderson's getting, you know, pretty big target shares. They're attacking to him vertically. They're using it in the red zone. So I like Robbie Anderson against these corners with his size and speed. Uh, Jermaine Curse just seems to be that five for 50 guy this year who, who is scoring touchdowns. Uh, so that gives him a little bit of more upside. And, you know, Jeremy Curley's just moving the chains when they need him to. Austin Austin Safarian Jenkins is a locked-in play uh, against the Falcons at tight end. You know, with his red zone usage and overall, you know, size and scoring ability, with with sort of the dearth at tight end, I think he's definitely in the lineup uh, for you. Yeah, I I think the crazy thing in that game last week, and they just got to clean it up, the Jets. I mean, the way they were able to, well, the way they allowed the Jets to get back in the game, was in the fourth quarter they had negative four yards of total offense. I mean they were got, they had what seven penalties in that game too. So you brought around you brought up a lot of like savvy older kind of guys. No no game breakers, but um, in general this team just on offense has got to figure out how to be coached better or play better and not make stupid mistakes. Uh, and if if that's the case, they've been able to put up a lot of touchdowns. I, mean, I think what McCown's got something like eight touchdowns in the last three weeks, maybe seven. Um, So he's, he's getting it done for him and it's nice to see him standing upright. Uh, So the jets again, doing they're they're a little bit, they're a better offense and a better defense than, than you really would, would think. Um, Yep. And they're sort of playing a ball control, get it out of your hands, quick spread, you know, move it system. They're using, you know, Bilal Powell. They're using Matt Forte, uh, I'd probably lean Bilal Powell in a game where I, I think the Falcons should win. But right now, the Falcons are just a couple plays away from being, what, one in five this season? Huh. So they're not really putting putting the hurt into anybody. So I'd probably lean Powell over Forte. But those guys are splitting, and they're still mixing in Maguire. Uh, and that makes it tough for their overall upside. And there's no real run game in the red zone. Uh, to make it stand out is, you know, this guy is the Latavius Murray getting the ball in the red zone. Uh, yeah. I don't know that between Matt Forte and Bilal Powell, just because they sort of both struggle there. Yep, agreed. Uh, I think a lot of people are out of desperation uh, at the running back position have been picking up Matt Forte and are hoping for the best. Um, yeah. Should we move on to the next game? Let's hit the next one. But before we do that, uh, let's keep the lights on and listen to this. We've got the Panthers at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Panthers coming off a walloping against the Chicago Bears that you know I didn't see coming. Apparently, Houdini really thought that Bears defense was you know stifling, and, and they did it. And it was sort of I thought the spread attack was going to give them problems. 
Uh, but now Cam, they need to try and put it back together uh, against the team they know well in Tampa Bay. Um, you know, Cam on the road at Tampa is usually done pretty well. Uh, I'm de- I'm done with Jonathan Stewart. Like his production this season has been nothing to write home about. Um, Christian McCaffrey in a PPR uh, has been the guy, but e- even in standard leagues, it- it's really all just coming from receiving production. Eh, like all of it, it's crazy. Right. Um, yeah, and it seems it's a good matchup, definitely against the Buccaneers for Cam. One, he's wants to you know kind of get some revenge on that shite hole game. I heard he left a, a press conference today, so Cam's back in his pouting mode. But usually, when he's doing that on the field, uh, and fantasy owners reap the benefits. He kind of gets all uh, Superman on him. Um, Bucks yeah. are allowing. Um, uh, oh, actually, I was looking at uh, points scored for the Bucks. They are, yeah, they're 30th to quarterbacks um, in points allowed per game. Um, so they're the third worst. Getting that stat from the piece that I posted of yours yesterday. That's the Pyro uh, Power Rankings piece we put out every week. Uh, pretty great one. Gives you fantasy points scored um, by offenses each week. Um, for all the positions, and then also goes and flips and uh, tells you how many points defenses are allowing to quarterback, running back, wide receiver, tight end, defense, and kicker. Uh, great, great piece to look at. So when you're looking at, hey, how does this team, that um, the player I'm starting at this position, how do they do against this position? You just go to this piece, look at that defensive plan, look at that position, boom, you can know how they've done in the season. I love that piece. Good stuff, Stag Party. Yeah, looking at Tampa Bay, they're allowing the second most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Uh, so I'm looking at Devin Funches and Kelvin Benjamin to sort of have a little bit of success this week. Uh, you know, would you as, trade? Would sorry to interrupt you. Would you trade Isaiah Crowell straight up for Calvin Benjamin? Yeah, it's not a bad deal. Not a bad deal. I mean, what does Isaiah Crowell to deserve a, do to deserve a start? Nothing. I mean, Kelvin Benjamin's at least put up some start worthy weeks for you. And, and he's a touchdown threat in a, you know, yeah. a, a significantly better offense. Is, yeah. is that bad to say Browns to Panthers? A significantly better offense? That makes sense. Makes sense. I, I, I hear you. I'm picking up where you're laying down. Um, all right. Just putting it out there. Um, keep going, buddy. Yeah, Ed Dixon, um, like him, his receiving ability, he's playing nearly 100% of the snaps. On the season, he's played nearly 90% of the snaps, uh, and that's even with some games with Greg Olson mixed in. So, you know, Ed Dixon is the lone tight end. I think he's probably a strong, strong play, even though Tampa Bay is a little bit better against opposing tight ends than they are against wide receivers. But I'm gonna try I look for this offense to have a nice rebound this week. The passing game should do well. I'm going to jump in. Sorry to interrupt you, but uh, we did our uh, waiver wire pickups piece this week, and Houdini is out of town, so I took care of it. Let me tell you right now, I'm no Houdini. Houdini gets it done by halftime of the uh, Sunday night in America game as I texted Staggs and Houdini the next day. I totally spaced. It was my week. Uh, he's awesome at it. I suck. But one thing that I did notice in looking around is that uh, Greg Olson – uh, is going to be walking around and putting some pressure and doing some light jogging, just testing out his broken foot next week. 
Um, and if everything goes all well, uh, what they're saying is the team is gonna is trying to get him back by week 12. I looked, and in something like 54% of CBS leagues, he's available. So owners have dropped him thinking, you know, he's done for the season. Do a foreshadowing grab if you've got the bench or you've got a shitty second tight, uh, uh, tight end. Um, but why not grab a Greg Olson? And if he does come back on the week 12 uh, and looks all right, you know, by the time you're in the playoffs, hopefully you get there, you could have, a, you know, a top five tight end. And we all know that this offense needs him. So just throwing that out there as a preemptive strike pickup. Uh, Greg Olson, if everything goes well, should probably be playing in week 12. Uh, and he's available in more than half the leagues out there. Yeah, uh, I like that. Um, but I think this pass offense gets it going against the Buccaneers. I think this game has some shootout potential. Flipping over to the other side, Jameis Winston going against uh, the Carolina Panthers defense. Uh, you know, they are you know very improved sort of last year. They had fallen apart a little bit. Seems like they're getting a little bit of mojo back, uh, but also if your name's not Mitchell Trubisky or Brian Hoyer this season, they've allowed 20 points to Drew Brees, 20 points to Tom Brady, 15 points to Matt Stafford, and 21.4 to Carson Wentz. And we know that Cam has his ups where he's on the level of playing with those guys, and they've only intercepted one uh one pass so far this season so a a gunslinger like Jameis could get it done this season or this week excuse me so I like especially because he's caught last week he was barely even going to play and they ends up throwing the ball 37 times for 342 yards uh that's like uh you know sprained sprained joint in your shoulder and you're able to do that you got to be thinking that um all 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 anything goes this week if he could have done that last week. Yeah, I think all the restrictions should be off uh, Jameis this week. Um, you know, Doug Martin in the backfield, that's where it gets a little dicier. Carolina is allowing the third fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. Uh, they, they aren't really allowing receiving touchdowns. That takes out a guy like Charles Sims. Um, they've only allowed three rushing touchdowns on the season. And the high point scorer against them was Alvin Kamara in standard, scoring just 10.2 fantasy points. So if if you can afford to bench Doug Martin this week, I think it's a strong play. Yeah, that makes sense. Is What are you thinking for the rest of the season? You still liking him? Are you liking what you're seeing out of the usage of him from the team? Or is it uh, worrisome in, in general? I mean, the usage is good. They've just got to get in some of these positive game scripts where they're setting the tone with the run game and using play action off of it. And we saw how effective their play action could be with OJ Howard, you know, you know, the crossers and then deep cross tight end throwback. Those things were very, very effective. Uh, And all it takes is a couple of these run plays to gain three or four or five yards. And then you can go to these plays and you could take your deep shots so I really like that. I think they're going to need to establish him. I just don't know if this is the week to really do it. I, I still think he will be involved to the tune of 15 or so touches. So sitting him, you know, I, I could see where it presents some problems. Um, you know, the rest of the guys, I think, 
know, Cameron Brate's a strong play. Mike Evans is a pretty strong play. Uh, I might fade Sean a little bit this week against the Panthers just because they play that cover three and cover one sort of zone. Uh, and usually zone coverage is a little more heavy on the deep pass. So I like Evans as usual. Deshaun, I'm probably going to be off a little bit, but you know, as a wide receiver three dart throw, we know what Deshaun Jackson can do. What do you think about OJ? You know, he had that big game last week. He's now, I think he's top, he's a top 10 on tight end on the season. I think it's been kind of happened in a, in a few spurt plays as we all have seen. Um, but he is a top 10 uh, tight end right now. What, what do you think he's just uh, kind of fluky or should no, OJ Howard's a tight end 22. Tight end 22. Yep. Okay. I might, I got to relook at my sources here, but go on. <laughs> uh, Howard's just right now, very, very touchdown dependent. Uh, the targets have been, you know, low, you know, three, one, four, one, three, six. Last week was the really first week he was able to establish himself. Uh, and the only real plays he's been able to establish himself are broken plays. So, I'm not running out to the waiver wire to grab a guy like OJ Howard. Um, All right, he's eighth, he's eighth in standard. In standard, he's eighth. Uh, you're right. In PPR, he's 22nd. But yeah, he's in standard. He's got 42 42 points. Uh, so yeah. Cameron Brates Cameron Brates fourth in standard. So he's still behind him. But um, just food for thought. But you're right. PPR, I, I am, he's 22nd. I am. Tight end has been such a crapshoot. You really don't know what you're getting out of anyone outside of the top four or five. Uh, so he's a guy to watch for. He's just not a guy I could pick up right now and be like, oh, I'm starting OJ Howard this week and feel like I've got any gusto behind that. Uh, that's I, just I, agree, I agree with that. No, but I completely agree. But I, I like the Hunter Henry, OJ Howard momentum feels feels pretty good right now uh where some of these other guys feel like they're heading the wrong direction and delaney walker's injury uh i don't know how serious that is but jimmy graham's terrible this year so there's there's some openings for guys finally jordan reed came out and had a game he was just i don't even think he was top 50 until last weekend uh but yeah let's go on yeah uh, I think that's it for bucks. the Bucks. Yep, let's do it. Let's move to our next game. 49ers at the Eagles. Uh, I don't think I don't think I can remember a, a, a week or two passing where a player has gone from from good high draft pick to folklorish um, as fast as uh, Carson Wentz has. But I guess we'll talk. <laughs> I had so much talk about that guy over the last week and a half. Um, for a good reason, but let's start with the 49ers. Um, I mean, I, I other than Hyde, I don't know what you're really loving on this team. I guess you're still you're still playing uh, uh, Garcon, but um, can can Beathard get this team rolling? Can can this team put up some points against the Eagles? Usually, it's through the pass game that you can have success. They are a staunch run defense. But I'm not worried for Howard just because of overall opportunities, including targets. Uh, he's been heavily, heavily targeted over the last couple weeks as a running back. So I, I think you're rolling out Howard as sort of an RB2 for you this week. Um, 
other guys. I, I think it is Garcon. I even think Marquise Goodwin against uh, a team like the Bill or a team like the Eagles can have success. The Eagles are allowing the seventh most fantasy points to opposing wide receivers, and that's with sort of the Washington Redskins combining to put up, I don't know, 10 uh, uh, against them last week. Before that, they were one of the loosest defenses. So I'm there with Pierre Garçon uh, this week. Uh, Marquise Goodwin, they they have also given up a lot of big plays down the field. So that's why I'm looking for a guy like Goodwin uh, to maybe make a shot play. Um you know, against tight ends, that's where it's really going to come down to because George Kittle uh, has, you know, been involved. Uh, They're allowing the six most fantasy points to opposing wide receiver or tight ends, and they are very beaten up in the secondary uh, or in the linebacking core. So that gives me some hope for Kittle to sort of reestablish that chemistry that they had uh, previously. Uh, and there's been some big games by Travis Kelsey and Jordan Reed. And at times they have used Kittle like a move tight end and really tried to get him on some corners and get him out in the open field running routes. So I, I like Kittle, uh, and then I like the outside receivers, and I'm liking uh, you know, Carlos Hyde. I, I think it's more of that pass game, though. So in that sense, I do think Beathard can get it going. Am I predicting a win? No. But do I think they can have offensive success moving the ball through the air? Yes. Their uh, implied point total from Vegas, 16.5. Biggest discrepancy of any spread out there this week is this Niners versus Eagles game. Eagles are favored by two touchdowns. Their implied point total is 30.5. Uh, so don't expect too much scoring unless Vegas are morons. Let's flip it on over to the um, Eagles side. Uh, I'll just throw out a couple of uh, interesting stats that I saw on the internet um, from uh, Rich Hot Rebar. Uh, basically, 49ers uh, have, have uh, opponents have scored 48.7% of their possessions against the 49ers. That's pretty crazy. Half the time uh, an offensive uh, series starts. Uh, essentially just under half the time that that team scores. Um, that's crazy. And also they're allowing uh, 4.4 red zone possessions per game, which is the most in the league. Take that against the Eagles who are about as hot as it gets right now offensively. And it spells trouble. Yep. Carson Wentz is currently on pace uh, to throw 38 touchdown passes. That would be the third most ever by a player in his second year. Uh, behind uh, Dan Marino and some guy named Kurt Warner, who I heard, I hear those guys were pretty good. Yeah. Um, you know, Alshon Jeffrey's been making some plays. Zach Ertz been the most dominant tight end in the league this season. He has yet to finish outside the top nine tight ends in the standard leagues. Uh, so Zach Ertz is fired up. Alshon can get fired up. Uh, you know, Nelson Aguilar is probably a strong play here against the slot coverage or lack thereof of the San Francisco 49ers. And then it seems like they're mixing in Torrey Smith with other guys like Mac Hollins and other deep shot artists. Uh, so that's really making it hard to play Torrey Smith. But this should be also a game where they get up 
and they ride Legarrette Blunt early. Now there's a giant correlation causation fight today on the internet, but every time the uh, Philadelphia Eagles run the ball 20 or more times in a game, they're six and zero this season. So this should be a game where Legarrette Blunt sees 15 to 18 carries in clock killing time, but. We also saw that early in the game, they like to mix in Wendell Smallwood uh, in you know getting some rushing attempts, and that limits Blunt's upside. And they also like to mix in Kenyon Barner for four or five plays in the passing or rushing game. And they're also you know getting Corey Clement sometimes. Uh, so that that makes it tough overall for any one of these running backs to have a ceiling. But if I'm picking anybody, it's got to be LeGarrette Blunt. It's uh, sort of an RB2 in standard, maybe a flex play. Gotcha. Um, as far as uh, Alshon, you know, he, he, he needs a big day. You know, he's kind of he, – he's, he's been a good player for the team uh, and what, what he's bringing on the table. I think uh, – what's that, what's that word you, you were using? Grav- he's a he's good gravity player, I suppose. Um, for this team, but he hasn't really been getting it done for fantasy owners. Um, you think he could break out and this could be his big kind of uh, aha game where it says, I, he, I bet on myself and I'm ready to roll? Because if not, he, he's just a guy. I would have said yes, but he was added to the injury report today with a groin injury. Oh, no. So, you know, maybe they take it a little easier on Alshon, knowing it's the 49ers, knowing they're getting closer and closer to their bye week. Uh, maybe that they can get him some time off. But Alshon does not have a 100-yard game this season. Uh, he does have a game with 15.2 fantasy points. Uh, his high game was 92 uh, receiving yards with seven receptions uh, on 13 targets against Kansas City. But other than that, it's been that sort of four for 70, five for 50, three for 38, you know, type of season for Alshon. And it's sort of limiting his upside. He's more of a, you know, maybe a high end wide receiver three than he is anything else right now. And you're just riding the, you know, the coattails of Wentz and his success so far. I agree. Um, I'm going to reference another piece that I put up today that you uh, handle for us, Stag Party, and that is Top Positional Weeks on Pyromaniac.com. Basically, this is a piece about um, at each position, uh, which guys are finishing in the top 12 for the week. Um, And Alshon Jeffrey has one of them in that 15.2 point game you mentioned, uh, just for to give you some balance. Uh, Will Fuller, since he's come back, has been three for three on it. Um, the second best is Antonio Brown has done uh, been top 12, five of the seven games you've played so far. So hopefully Diggs is back and he'll start lighting it up again. Um, but yeah, that's interesting with Alshon. I hope, uh, I hope for his sake, uh, for his next contract, um, he can start getting it going. Um, but you know, you haven't heard a peep out of him. So uh, he hasn't been, he hasn't been whining or doing anything, so it, 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 he's been he's been he's been good. He's been a good teammate. So there you go. Um, should we move on to Bears at Saints? Yeah, let's move on to the Bears at Saints. Uh, you know, here in Chicago, we've got to travel down to New Orleans. That's going to be 
you know, tough playing in the Superdome, playing against Drew Brees and this, you know, hot Saints offense. There's now sitting at four and two on the season. You're looking at Mitchell Trubisky in a game where he's likely to have to throw more after throwing, what, just seven attempts uh, against the Carolina Panthers. I doubt the game script will be that good against Drew Brees and the Saints-led offense. So maybe we are going to get to see Trubisky throw it uh, 25 to 30 times in this game. And I don't know if that's overall a good thing or a, a bad thing, but I'm not betting on him for fantasy purposes. Uh, even our new addition, Don Charles Inman, I think it's going to take him a while to get up to speed uh, with the offense after being traded midweek. So I wouldn't look for him to be in the game more than a handful of plays if he's even active at all. That means you're going to see Tanner Gentry at wide receiver who's been playing a boatload of snaps. You're going to see Kendall Wright when they go to slot formations. And you're going to see a lot of these two tight ends, uh, Deion Sims and Zach Miller. Overall, I want nothing to do with the pass game. Uh, The Saints are currently fantasy's number one scoring fantasy defense over the last four weeks. Uh, They can get after the passer. They can intercept people. uh, Marshawn Lattimore is playing like a Pro Bowl corner in his rookie season. So that's the guy I wanted the Bears to take ahead of Mitchell Trubisky. So we'll get to see that one play out live. Um, Crazy for me to hear you say that. It comes down to the run game, right? Yeah, to hear you say that, that the Saints are uh, playing like one of the best defenses is just something in fantasy football that's um, that's been unheard of. Uh, just not, not, not something. Would you advise uh, people to pick up Inman? Uh, I know it might take him a, a little bit of time to get the, the playbook down and get it go- going, but um, if, if you are uh, deprived at the uh, wide receiver position, could you see him in uh, two, three weeks getting it going with Trubisky, or is it just too many unknowns and a rookie quarterback and not going to be a good time? What are your thoughts there? That, I mean, he'd be like a deep, deep, deep league pickup and stash. Yeah. Uh, more than that, like – I think you'd pick him up and never want to play him. It's like, ooh, it's Trubisky. They could just take the air out of the ball again. Yeah. Uh, this game all comes down to the running backs. Uh, for me, Jordan Howard was the guy last week uh, who got, what, 21 carries, who, who's playing major, major snaps now and sort of taking Tariq Cohen out of it. Uh, but, you know, Tariq Cohen makes those big plays and he makes them more dynamic. So I wonder if you need to play a little bit more catch-up football like you should against the Saints if he can get it going. But I think he's more of a desperation flex at best. Howard and RB2 against the Saints. The Saints do allow some rushing numbers uh, with 572 yards on 123 uh, uh, rushes against running backs. We did see them get beat up by Aaron Jones last week. Uh, and they also got beat up by Dalvin Cook in week one. So I, I like Howard. Other than that, I'm probably staying away from the rest of the Bears. There you go. All right. Yeah, Howard's come, looking pretty good, man. I think he doesn't he have the second most touches uh, for running back uh, behind uh, the guy who's going nuts, Le'Veon Bell. So that's always a good sign. Um and the Bears are six and one when Howard uh, goes 20, has twenty plus carries. So I think you're going to see a lot of him if it doesn't get away from him and they got to pass into this. Uh, let's go over to the Saints. Probably total uh, Twitter bogus, but I don't know if you're hearing these rumors. 
that the Saints are trying to get Jimmy Graham back in a trade with the Seahawks. Do you hear about that at all? Nope, haven't heard a thing. But Probably um, bogus, but just interesting interesting to hear. <laughs> yeah, I could see it working out for them. I mean, they're using Kobe Fleener only occasionally. Uh, they're mixing in other guys, but I think Jimmy Graham could be one of those difference makers, and they seem to know how to use him in the red zone a lot a lot, a lot better than the Seattle Seahawks. So if they're not paying a premium price, why not for the Saints now that they're back contending with a real shot to win the uh, NFC South, Uh, especially with, you know, the Falcons struggling and the Panthers, you know, having a couple struggles of their own. But Drew Brees locked in against the Bears, went at home. Drew Brees, you know, averages over 23 fantasy points a game. Um, You know, his receivers, therefore, are all locked in. Uh, although I do worry about, you know, Michael Thomas's upside. Uh, overall, you know, the Bears have been pretty staunch against number one wide receivers, and they don't just give up those huge blow-up type games. So if I'm paying the price in DFS, I might not go Michael Thomas's route in GPPs. Uh, Ted Ginn, I think, is locked in as a solid play. He was also um, – he didn't practice today. Uh, Michael Thomas. So he's got a knee, a little, he's a little banged up in the knee injury. Not going to say he's not playing or anything, but keep an eye on that. Um, he, he definitely, he was held out of practice today. So yeah. I, and, and against the bears, I could see the saints being like, if, if they do feel like it's bad, I'm pretty confident. They feel like they can beat him without Michael Thomas. So it, it, that's kind of a, a matchup situation where he could sit. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, the other guys, I think Ted Ginn's locked in. Willie Sneed, you know, actually practiced today with his hamstring injury, so he could be back playing in the slot. Uh, so I'm liking Willie Sneed enough. I'd probably bump him off if Thomas was out, but I wouldn't really – I just don't see that upside in Willie Sneed either right now. Uh, I see more of the six for 70, maybe a touchdown is his upside. Uh, I'd much rather have the upside of a Ted Ginn who's just been lighting it up, catching everything thrown to him, which is something you can never say about Ted Ginn. Uh, but this Bears defense uh, is tough. They've been getting after the quarterback, and the Saints have been suffering you know, numerous, numerous injuries on the interior and exterior of their offensive line. Uh, so can they contain Akeem Hicks and Leonard Floyd off the edge? That, that That is a question, but Mark Ingram, he's locked into like a top 10, top 12 running back role right now. He's getting the ball in the red zone. Uh, they're giving it to him 18 to 20 times a game. He's still being targeted. You can lock him in lineups, especially in a game they're expected to have to pound out the clock late. Uh, and I still think Kamara is getting involved early, often, you know, targeted, making big plays in the run and pass game. So I, I like Kamara too as a running back too. Um, so Saints are probably all in my lineup, except for tight ends because they've they've cut the balls off Kobe Fleener as of late. <laughs> all right, let's go to the next game, and that's going to be the Chargers at the Patriots. Um, we'll start with the visiting team, Chargers. What are your thoughts on uh, on what could happen there? You know, this is this is a good one. The Chargers are you know a tough pass defense. Uh, you know, the, the Patriots are a great passing team. The, the weakness of the Chargers in, is in the run game. 
the weakness of the Patriots is probably in the run game right now as well. Um, you know, looking at the uh, strength of the Chargers, it's probably passing the ball, including passing to Melvin Gordon. Um, and the weakness of the Patriots is, you know, in the back end of their defense. So this is a pretty, pretty good game um, on paper, and we get to see it in a 1 o'clock time slot. But this is still a Chargers team traveling from Los Angeles to New England to play in a 1 o'clock time zone game. And that usually doesn't work out well for these type of teams. Um, So I'm liking the ability uh, of the Patriots to get going, but I also think, you know, once once that fourteen nothing score hits, or you know the Patriots get up ten nothing, we're gonna see comeback Philip Rivers where he starts chucking it all over the field, and that means good things for everybody in the pass game. Because um, I think you're starting at this point. I think you're starting Hunter Henry. You're locked in. I think you're starting Melvin Gordon, even if he's got a little bit of a knee, groin, hamstring issue that he's sort of you know dealing with. They're you know they're giving him maintenance days during the week because of this injury, um, but overall foot and shoulder to, too. The guy's got every injury. Yeah, he, he's banged up. But when he plays, they get him involved enough in the pass game. They get him involved enough red zone, and they give him enough overall touches that he seems to have a pretty nice floor for fantasy, even in standard leagues. So I don't think you could fade Melvin Gordon. Keenan Allen's been a target monster and just really hasn't found the end zone uh, as of yet. But I think those things are things to come for Keenan Allen. His usage has been awesome. Uh, The real question for this team is, can you play any of these secondary players? Um, You know, outside of Keenan Allen, Hunter Henry, and Melvin Gordon, can, can you play a Tyrell Williams? Can you play Travis Benjamin? Uh, can you play Mike Williams now that his role is a little bit clearer and he's getting more and more snaps on a weekly basis? My, I mean, I almost think not, but we've seen Tyrell go off in these nice spots, and this is a pretty nice spot um, against the Patriots that seem to have trouble defending the deep ball. So Tyrell's one of those hit-or-miss wide receiver three type flex plays, uh, you know, maybe the same for Travis Benjamin, but it's probably one or the other. And identifying which one right now is tougher, uh, is easier said than done. Yeah. Well, let's move over to the Patriots and we'll start with, uh, let's just start with Gronk. You know, he's actually, uh, got a tough matchup, uh, surprisingly, or maybe unsurprising, but the Los Angeles chargers have been awesome against the tight ends. Um, they've let, uh, they've gone against Ertz. Evan Ingram, Travis Kelsey, and Jared Cook, and uh, all those five guys didn't even get over 100 yards on them. Um, so it sounds like, obviously, you're starting Gronkowski, but this is a defense that's been able to shut down the best of the best so far. So Gronkowski, Gronkowski could have a rough matchup in this one. Yeah, I, I do agree, and they've yet to allow a touchdown to a tight end yet this season. Uh, so that does give you a little bit of worry for Gronk's upside. So I probably wouldn't pay up for him in DFS, but I'm still locking him into my weekly lineup. Zach Ertz you know, had the best game against them with five catches for 81 yards uh, on eight targets. You know, the other guys have really, really been held down. Um, 
AJ Derby did have a pretty nice game last week playing catch up, uh, caught six passes of seven targets for 66 yards. But other than that, it's been forties or thirties or Travis Kelsey, one catch for one yard. Um, they've been tough against opposing tight ends. So I do agree with you there. Um, and they're pretty tough in the secondary overall, even though when you look at the matchups and you look at the numbers, uh, they are giving up like the 10th most points to opposing wide receivers. Uh, I would look uh, to guys like Hogan and Cooks to have an effective game. Hogan, you know, Danny Amendola is a little beat up right now. They're playing a guy named Desmond King in the slot, who in college was primarily – uh, an outside corner, another Iowa guy for Houdini, uh, pri- primarily an outside corner and played a lot of safety uh, as well. And they've been mixing his role sort of that hybrid safety corner, uh, you know, slot player. So I-, I think Hogan could do well there. Cooks was probably going to get sh- shadowed by Casey Hayward. Um, I do think Cooks, you know, has really stepped up his game uh, over the last couple weeks. Uh, currently in standard leagues, he is the number three fantasy wide receiver. He's averaging 19.2 yards per catch, which is uh, four yards higher than his previous career high of 15. Uh, he's got multiple touchdown upside. And right now his his downside over the last five weeks is three catches for 38 yards. Uh, That's the last four weeks. But then other than that, over the last three weeks, his downside is five catches for 85 yards. So I'm really liking what Cooks is able to do. But I think you know you're starting Cooks. I think you know you're starting Hogan. You know you're starting Tom Brady. Um, You know you're starting Gronk. Let's talk about the fucking running backs. What do you like in there? What aren't you? I mean, I don't. You, you can't be liking anyone but Dion right now. I mean, Dion's got the the hot hand, but you even look at it, you know, let's say just snap counts. Um, when he's in there, he's getting the, they're giving him the ball, but he's got twenty six snap counts last in the in the game on Sunday night against the Falcons. White was right there with him with thirteen, and now you got um, you know Rex uh, back in the Burkhead back in the mix. Uh, he got 13, and the guy that's uh, obviously in the doghouse right now, Gillisley, turning out to be one of the big busts of uh, of, of drafts this year. Uh, he got he only got he's getting as many snaps as as, as Burkhead. Um, so I, I think in a, unless you're in a PPR and you're flexing or um, a, a deeper a lower running back, you can you can go James White, but he hasn't done all that much. Um, and, but you got to be liking Deion Lewis, and if the snap counts increase. Um, he, he he was pretty much one of the best pickups of the last few weeks. I actually think D, uh, James White's the best play. You doing so, this one? Not even on a weekly basis. I think James White has the safest role. Yeah. Uh, you know, he, he's the third down pass catcher. They're not mixing in Deion Lewis there uh, in, in pass catching situations. You know, Mike Gillisley doesn't have a target on the season. Uh, Rex Burkhead does have some. But those have mostly come from, you know, playing in the slot. So James White has that, you know, sort of 10-point floor in PPR leagues. And we know the Patriots are are schemey fuckers in the red zone. And they like the, you know, quick snap to the running back. They like those little draw plays. And they like, you know, tight end or running back outs out of the backfield uh, getting getting James White on a linebacker to score touchdowns. 
So I, I like James White as the most locked in, but I do agree if you're starting a guy in a standard league, it is Dion Lewis. He's yeah. touching it pretty much every time he's on the field. Uh, I think exactly. that's something that's going to have to change here uh, a little bit, you know, predictability sake, but you know, he's the most dynamic. They're giving it to him in the red zone right now. Cause he's the hot hand. Um, and you know, this, this should be a week where if Gillisley still has any favor, they, they have one of those Jonas gray type games and they're like, okay, fuck it. We're just going to run it 40 times. <laughs> Char- the chargers really struggle uh, against opposing run games. Uh, that's where they can be beaten. Uh, they are allowing the um, what? They're allowing the what? Oh, Los Angeles Chargers are allowing the 13th most points to running backs, but they are allowing the second most rushing yards to opposing running backs. Um, they've allowed three touchdowns on the season. Um, and they just seem to get in these situations where teams run the ball out of it and run the ball out of the uh, run the air out of the ball on them. So, you know, when Jay Ajayi's had 122 yards, Kareem Hunt's had 172 yards, LeGarrette Blunt's had 136 yards. When these guys can all have big days, you, you know the Patriots are the type of team that look at those things and say, we can run the ball down these motherfuckers' throats. Absolutely. Um, all right. Well, let's uh, let's see if if Gillisley has a bad week and he's uh, dumped on, which is basically happening in the leagues already. Uh, do you think uh, one man's trash is another man's treasure? Is there upside down the road if Dion one gets hurt or James White fumbles and goes in the doghouse? Or do you think in the next couple weeks for a Gillisley is really the telling tale? With Gillisley. It all comes – I don't think if James White fumbles, it even matters for James White. I agree with that. I think James White is so locked in. Now, if Deion Lewis fumbles, that's when the situation gets interesting. Then they're going to be like, hey, Gillisley, you know, you've always been pretty good taking care of the ball. Get back in there, and that's when it becomes interesting. But right now, it's a wait-and-see approach. I don't think you can start him. I know I'm not as an owner. Yeah. Um all right, and then Amendola, he's probably out this week? I don't know. He missed practice today, but they do get up, give a lot of veteran maintenance days in New England, so it's tough to say. But He's not even, doing much when he's in there. Yeah, even then, they've been so concentrating their targets to Cooks, Hogan, and Gronk and you know, James White that Amendola's upside really needs one of those great slot, you know, slot matchups to be successful. I had to start him in one league just because of uh, issues with my lineup and buys, whatever injuries. Um, Sounds like you got issues. Yeah, it, it, it really was. Um, what, he, he scored more than my Martavis Bryant would have. So basically I benched Martavis for him and uh, first play of the game across the middle, he drops the ball. So you're just oh. like, good guy. Good God. Um, all right, let's move on. Let's move on to the Raiders at the bills but before we do that let's keep the lights on and listen to this Sweet. we've got the raiders at the bills uh it is you know Derek carr finally had a little coming out party this season a guy who's been struggling uh for much of the season finally got it together amari cooper definitely hit it had his come out game of the season 
he is now back up and in fantasy lineup consideration after that wait and see approach. And he's back up to wide receiver 19 in standard scoring after going for 33 points, you know, 11 catches for 210 yards and two touchdowns. That'll do big, big things for you on a weekly basis. Yeah. Well, you like him. You, I, I saw in the uh, pyro heat index, you've, I, I think he's a top, I think he's number six or seven uh, at the position. So obviously um, Pyro and, and the models liking him in this game. Yeah, we like him. You know, we like him a lot. Uh, they're starting, you know, they're basically shadowing top corn or shadowing top receivers uh, with their, you know, high draft pick Trey White. Uh, you know, that's, that's good, but it also is going to lead to some growing pains. Uh, Amari Cooper is a technician when he's on. So, you know, when Cooks or when uh when Carr, excuse me, is rolling and Cooper's finding these deep out routes and, and patterns that he likes to run and even getting open vertically, that that's scary for any defense. Uh against the Bills, you know, they are tough. They're they're a tougher team, but you know, Cooper's shown you that upside. And he's also, you know, now back involved in the game plan to where they're willing to feed him 19 targets. Uh, I got to like that. Um, So I'm back on, I'm back on Cooper. I'm back on the Cooper. Uh, I still think Crabtree is a good play. He's such a, you know, good player in the red zone uh, that it, that it should be good times, Uh, you know, on the side of, Amari Cooper, they did allow seven catches for 189 yards and one touchdown to A.J. Green. Cooper's got that same kind of game-breaking ability. Uh, so I'm, I'm liking Cooper in this matchup. Uh, Crabtree could have a little bit of tougher time, but that that upside in the red zone just helps. The real question is, can we trust Jared Cook? What do you think? I mean, sort of. He he's there's so much um, not happening at that position that um, you know I, I, there's worse options. And he made he, he it seemed like he came up with the play of his life to get him down, um, you know, close to that uh, to that one yard line um, to for the win. I mean, that was a great play over shoulder pass. Not many guys uh, can get that in his size. Um, are you? Feeling like he's a reliable start week in and week out? Heck no. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's know, Jared fucking Cook. Let's be Jared Cook. Yeah, it's Jared <laughs> Cook. Like, but, but the guy's get the guy's getting as far as targets, um, for uh, tight ends on the season. He's seventh. He's got 41 targets. It's more than Rudolph Brait, Martellus Bennett, Jordan Reed, AFJ, Hunter Henry. It's more than a lot of guys. And um, when a position is, is, is deprived, um, like tight end is at the moment, that's kind of the number I'm looking at first. Yep. Yep. Uh, speaking of the Buffalo Bills, they had been very, very stingy against opposing tight ends until last week when, you know, OJ Howard had six catches for 98 yards and two touchdowns. And Cameron Brate had six catches for 60 yards. Uh, but I do think there is some impact in, you know, Jared Cook this week. So if we like those three players, I think that means we like Derek Carr, even though this isn't the best matchup uh, against the Buffalo Bills, 
and you look at fantasy points allowed, the Buffalo Bills are what the sixth best team at limiting it. And, you know, they have allowed just five touchdown passes against nine interceptions to opposing quarterbacks. That gives you some, so a little bit of fright, but I think cars a back end QB one. And I think, you know, he's got the playmakers to make it happen. And I think, you know, the Raiders, you know, after finally putting it together, they're going to need to continue to do so. Yeah. Well, let's go over to um... – We're going to talk to running backs here. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We're going to talk uh, to running backs because Marshawn Lynch is yeah. suspended for this game. So you're going to see both uh, DeAndre Washington and uh, Jalen Richard. Uh, I like Richard more, especially in PPR leagues. He seems to be that guy who's got a little more wiggle to him. You know, he dominates out of the shotgun. So if they're going to go with a little more spread open passing attack and take away the strength of the Bills by spreading them out, uh, I think Richard's got some impact. But I also, you know, fantasy's a fickle mistress. So this could be a game where DeAndre Washington finally has a show-up game. Uh, he got in the end zone last week for this run game. So that that's where it really comes down to. Do you feel better about any one of these guys breaking a big play, or do you feel better about one of these guys in the red zone? Because I think it's going to be a mixed bag in both both sort of departments. So I think they're both in flux consideration. And when you think about it, that they—I mean, it was the last play of the game, but it didn't—it didn't matter. They—they they were on the half yard line, and they chose to pass uh, in the game last week. So um, I'm thinking that that tells me that even if they are in the red zone or in the goal line situation, that they might just be like, let Derek Carr get it out to one of the one of his receivers. Um, so I like your call on uh, Richard um, and and getting it going more in the passing game. But these guys are both pretty good. Um, to be honest, they're both pretty good players. So we'll see. I, it wouldn't surprise me if one of them kind of goes off and has, has a doozy of a game. It wouldn't surprise me at all, to be honest. Yeah. The problem is identifying which one. I don't think there's a clear identifiable factor. Exactly. Uh, Let's flip over to Bill's side. I think Tyron Taylor's a strong play, but I don't like any of his weapons except for LaShawn McCoy, if that makes any sense. Well, do you know my my Hall of Famer? Um, oh my my oh Hall God. of Famer is. I was gonna let you get off on that one. No, I, no way. I got. I, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm holding. I remember Jerry Rice had some struggles in his first year. I'm kidding. Twenty to under what? Twenty five percent of his target struggles. Record. Record. He's got the worst. Or what? You you tweeted it out the other day. It's the worst since like 1982. I love uh, I love Scott Barrett's uh, tweet that he put out the other day. Uh, Zay Jones putting up elite cornerback one numbers, 27 targets, seven receptions, 83 yards, zero TDs, one interception, four drops. Oh, yeah. okay. All you got to do is search Zay Jones on Twitter, and you will get some hilarious memes going right now, like little kids that can't catch a ball, and uh, just he's just dropping the ball at a high rate. It's uh, it's tough. It's tough to watch. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree with that. Uh, so the real guy who got going in the receiving game was Deontay Thompson, who they picked up from the Chicago Bears off waivers after he was released. Uh, he had a 100-yard game. Um, and we know that Tyrod likes to take deep shots, and they don't have a guy like that. Uh, you know, they were trying to use Zay Jones in that role. That's just not how he plays football. So now you can maybe put him in a better role in the slot or 
in these easier sort of crossing patterns and let him do his thing after he catches the ball. That's where he's going to be more successful. Uh, Deontay Thompson, though, does become interesting as the field stretcher. We saw Tyrod's love for throwing the deep ball to Sammy Watkins. We saw it with even fucking Robert Woods. We saw it with uh, Marquise Goodwin. We saw it with all these guys. So I like Deontay Thompson, especially against this Raiders uh, secondary. Um, I think he's an interesting sort of low-cost dart throw if if you're sort of saving some salary uh, in DFS. Uh, The Raiders are middle of the road against wide receivers, but they, they do allow big plays. They, I mean, the one big game of Martavis Bryant uh, was three catches for 91 yards and a touchdown uh, against them in week two. So I, I do think Deontay Thompson has some overall appeal, but then I feel like he's going to distribute the ball everywhere uh, against the field. Uh, he's going to distribute the ball everywhere. Like, uh my bad. That Martavis game was against Minnesota. Um, I just I, it was Mike Wallace's big game where they allowed um, three catches for 133 yards, and they just allowed Tyreek Hill to go off for six for 125, getting behind the defense, and, and allowed a 63 yard catch to Albert Wilson on that deflection. So the big play is there for a guy like Deontay Thompson. Uh, so he's my preferred wide receiver play, but. I like Tyrod because I think he's going to mix it around. I think he's going to use the tight ends. Uh, We know that the Oakland Raiders do struggle against opposing tight ends, uh, and they have for years. They do look a little tougher there this year, but I'm not worried. I think that's just sort of touchdown luck breaking their way so far. um, You know, maybe Navarro Bowman can help them fix tight end coverage, but he looks – when he's asked to cover players – it looks rough. Mm-hmm. So I'm liking the ability of guys like Logan Thomas and Nico Leary, but they're mixing in both of them. And that sort of caps both of their upside and gives them massive, massive zero point floors. Yeah, I agree. Maybe the bills would be a good landing spot for Martavis Bryant. Um, I'd, I'd agree with that. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be, that'd be nice to see. They got rid of Sammy and they bring him in. Or maybe they just do what the what the uh, Saints are rumorly doing, and they go back and they they make a trade and get Sammy Watkins back. They're like, you know what? Can we just have him back? You're not using him. We'll just here. Let's just let's just figure something out here. Um, crazy enough, Sammy would be like, "I'll leave LA to go to Buffalo for that." Um, all right, let's go targets again. Sure, exactly. Poor guy. Um, let's go to the next game. This is the last game of the earlies, and that's going to be the Colts. At the Bengals, start with the Colts. Um, obviously, Jacoby Brissett uh, has been uh, a surprise, and not a surprise, but he's been he's been good um, for fantasy owners that have to stream a quarterback or um, anybody that got injuries. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, or so to speak, in in the last, can he do anything in this game? I don't like it uh, against the Bengals. The Bengals have been a pretty staunch. Uh, you know, defense this year. They sort of gotten their mojo back once they got Vontez Perfect back. And, you know, they can limit opposing speed wide receivers. We sort of saw them do it against Martavis and Antonio Brown last week. Brown just having 65 yards receiving. So I think they could potentially slow down T.Y. Hilton. 
and then when he doesn't have T.Y. Hilton, that's when you really see him start to struggle, when he doesn't have you know that design greed getting open for him. And when he has to go to his second and third progressions, uh, it sort of falls apart, especially with that offensive line getting pressure in his face. And, and then you know his eyes sort of go down, and he's like, he's the slowest guy who thinks he's fast. Um, he tries to take off. Uh, he thinks he's Mike Vickett out there, but it's not really working for him. But luckily, you know, they did start playing guys with more dynamicism last week. Uh, they started giving Marlon Mack more snaps. Uh, so that that's an exciting, you know, prospect. He got more snaps than Frank Gore. Yep. We talked about the Robert Turbin injury last week, how it was going to open up you know, major lanes for Marlon Mack. And it did, especially in the receiving game where he had a career high six targets. So I like the Mack attack going forward now, especially when we know that if it's not Andrew Luck, they're going to need big plays out of the run game. Uh, uh, Against the Bengals, though, I don't know if I really like anybody in this game. They're allowing the uh, ninth fewest fantasy points to opposing wide receivers this season. They've allowed just two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Only one player has had over 100 yards rushing. In fact, only one player has had over 80 yards rushing, Um, and that is Le'Veon Bell. And I don't think that we – well, I know that nobody on Indy has that sort of uh, gusto. Uh, yeah. To run like that. Um, overall, it, you know, Max a desperation flex play. Frank Gore's probably a little bit less than that. And then, you know, T.Y. Hilton, if you're feeling frisky. But I don't love T.Y. Hilton. I wouldn't be paying up for him in DFS or anything. Um, well, th- here's what I'll say about Brissette. I, you know, it's been impressive that he didn't know the system. I think he's been played some great football. Um, I'm impressed by the guy. He's got a place in the uh, NFL, um, but he gets sacked a lot. And I think that's a merger of him holding onto the ball and trying to will time for his receivers to get open. And I also think this, the second, uh, second side of that is the fact that um, the offensive line isn't all that great. So, um, you know, eight sacks in that game on Sundays is, is, is brutal. So you're saying to yourself, uh, do you really want Andrew Luck coming back? Do we want to risk uh, bringing a guy that's been injured all on and off uh, forever? Um, and everyone's been talking about how trashy this offensive line is. I'm not too sure about uh, that anymore. Now, with that said, a guy that I did include um, in this week's waiver wire piece was a Andrew Luck. Um, he's basically throwing and doing some things and, um, I don't know. They, I think he could be back by Thanksgiving. Again, that's a month away. Uh, that gives you time. But if you've got a team and you've got a spot and you can get there, a roster spot for him, um, and he comes back and all of a sudden it's Andrew Luck, hallelujah, back here um, firing it up, and it's sitting here and it's the, uh, the last five games of the season for you, not a bad pickup. So People have been asking me on over social media and obviously on uh, second opinions through the Pyro Pro uh, premium membership, you know, hey, should I pick up this guy or this guy? And Brissett was one of them. I'm like, yeah, I like picking up Brissett, but is luck available? And 
Um, and I, and basically most interested, like, yeah, luck is available. I'm like, why don't you pick up Brissett and luck? And then you've got a quarterback. Well, I, I agree with Stags that um, he's not a good play this week. He's got a cannon um, and he can r- get you some points off the running. Uh, so, you know, if you've got that spot and luck's available, um, I- I'm telling you in the same way that I mentioned earlier in the show with Greg Olson, stole him away. And, you know, if you've got great quarterback play, you can maybe trade him later, or at least just you've got him on your team to save him from maybe one of your competition using on him, uh, using him on you in, uh, in the playoffs when it matters most. So I like the luck pickup as a preemptive strike. He's throwing the ball now. Uh, I think he's going to start. You're going to start getting more and more news about him and a timeline of him coming back if they bring him back. I mean, if the team's totally shot, they might just shelf him for the year. If that happens and you know that he's on your team and they shelf him, then it hasn't been that big of a deal. You can drop him at that point, but the upside's there. What yeah. up, Stag? I'm really, I'm really scared about Luck playing this season. Uh, even if he does get back to play this season, he doesn't have a single sort of greenlit matchup for the rest of the season. Um, you know, after his bye week, which is week 11, you're looking at Tennessee. You're looking at Jacksonville, which you don't want to play anybody against. Yeah. You're looking at Buffalo, how we've already talked about how tough they are against opposing quarterbacks. We're talking about Denver, and we're talking about Baltimore. Like, that's just such a str- uh, stretch of defenses that it makes it hard. Like, I don't really even know how strongly I'm going to want to play Luck uh, once he comes back off of injury. And even yeah. if I do want to play him, it's going to be like a forcing it. So yeah, that's that my, Denver, that Denver and Jaguar matchup. Those are those are Brutsky. Those are the two toughest in in football for sure. Yeah, I mean that just makes it tough overall. you um, like it scares me the team he has to play uh, in your fantasy playoffs. And we even talked about that, you know, preseason. That yeah. was one of the problems with the Colts because even for a guy like Ty Hilton. Like, do you want to go out and acquire T.Y. Hilton right now, knowing that that's the stretch he has to go up with uh, in the fantasy playoffs? Now is when you start thinking about shit like that. So if you are a playoff contender, think about dealing. Good point. Good point. Um, All right, let's move over to uh, the Bengals' uh, side of the ball. Um, What do you you think in there in this matchup for Bengals players? Is Mixon going to – you know, obviously Mixon – uh, came down a little bit in his touches. Geo out touched him last, uh, or, or out snapped him last week. Um, are you worried about that at all? Um, is he gonna? Do you think that him kind of complaining and saying he wants more opportunities, and um, you know, Marvin kind of saying grow up? Is this the kind of thing where they're gonna just give him the ball and see if he can run, or is it is it gonna kind of start evening out a bit? I love Joe Mixon this week. Like, if, if if he doesn't get it done this week, I don't know when he will. Um, the opportunities are there. I think the Heat Index has him as a top five running back this week. I saw that. Um, overall, like, Indy is just horrid on defense. Uh, at the beginning of the season, it looked like they were going to be tough against opposing running backs. Uh, but then suddenly over the last, you know, three to four weeks – They've allowed, uh, you know, Derrick Henry to go for 131 and a touchdown. Uh, you know, Murray even went for 40 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Yeldon just went 122 yards on nine carries and a touchdown. I scored a touchdown on 47 carries. They've allowed eight rushing touchdowns this season, and they've been to eight different players. So 
this could be a game where both of maybe a Jeremy Hill and a Joe Mixon find rushing touchdowns. Uh, I'd bet much more highly on Joe Mixon. Um, they are still using Jeremy Hill, you know, five to 10 plays a game. You know, basically he's starting out uh, the first series of each half and they're letting, you know, Joe Mixon get a feel for it, which sounds like the dumbest shit I ever heard. You know, Geo's mixing in on third downs. Um, so uh, this is the week for Joe Mixon. If it doesn't happen, I don't know when it will. Uh, luckily, they've already had their bye week, and and things are looking up for Mixon overall. So I, I look for Mixon to sort of establish himself. He's been very, very active in the past game, um, and when he has been had his number called upon, you know, he hasn't dropped a single target yet. So I'm looking for Mixon to establish himself. There's nothing I don't like about Mixon this week. Uh, love AJ Green this week against Indy. <laughs> like right now, I am ta- targeting the Indianapolis Colts uh, in the Pyro Power rankings. They are currently the worst team uh, across the board, allowing the most fantasy points to opposing, uh, you know, two opposing players. They're 26 against quarterbacks, 31st against running backs, 28th against opposing wide receivers, 24th. Uh, against opposing tight ends. So even a guy like Tyler Croft is in the mix. Their offense is giving up sacks. So I like the Cincinnati defense and they can create some turnovers. They're giving up the most points to opposing kickers. Fucking play any goddamn bangle you want. John Ross is supposed to be back. Um, Indies players are very much more run oriented players than they are pass rushing specialists. So maybe this is a week where John Ross can get a deep shot but I'd probably fade off all the secondary receivers. I'd probably look to play, you know, Green, Dalton, uh, Croft, and uh, Mixon. I, I like them all. And something just that's worth noting on that on your um, power rankings is the fact that just to give you an idea, they've they're allowing ninety six point seven points fantasy points per game to opposing offenses. To, to give you uh, the opposite side of the spectrum, the Steelers are the best. That They're giving up 56.4. That's 40 points per game. And the Jaguars are right there. So 40 points per game more. So target those Colts. And that was even before, just food for thought, that was before basically their best defender, rookie Malik Hooker, went down. So uh, Hooker is now, who's having a great season, um, tore his ACL and his MCL. Uh, yep. Poor guy. Um, so whatever was easy just got easier. Yep. Um, let's uh, go on to, okay, so you said Tyler Croft. I like him as well. Um, AJ Green, I'm pretty sure, is our heat index number one wide receiver for the week. What do you think about Dalton? I like him, man. If we're talking about how we like all these other guys, uh, Indy, you know, does give it up to opposing quarterbacks early. Uh, Dalton, you know, coming off, you know, a decent performance, I guess, against Pittsburgh's tough defense. Now the floodgates sort of open and he could just let it rip. So uh, I, I like Dalton a lot this week. He, If I needed a streamer, he'd be my preferred option. Um I mean, the the Colts haven't allowed less than 295 yards passing uh, to anybody other than Deshaun Kaiser this season. So that, <laughs> there you just, go. 
and he and even he had 242. Like, f- fire it up. Well, before we go on to the afternoon games, Houdini cursing the heavens above. There's only two of them, non-quad boxable, uh, non-triptychable on uh, red zone. Uh, so I don't know why they do that, but Houdini likes to uh, have, a, have a fit over it. But before we get to the first of the afternoon games, do us a favor and listen to this word from our sponsor. All right, we got the Texans at the Seahawks. Wow, we got uh, one of the hottest players in the in the league right now. Um, essentially, what's Watson is uh, he's moved down a little bit, but he's currently the fifth um, most highest scoring quarterback in fantasy, um, going up against eh, not not the buzzsaw that they used to be, but still one of the top defenses. What do you expect out of this one? Ugh. You know, I I think this is this could be a game where Deshaun Watson, you know, finally has some growing pains. I I really, you might not think that highly of the Seahawks. I do. They're third. Uh, they're good. I, I underestimate them. They're just getting older, but they're getting it done. They're they're the against, third best. Yeah, against quarterbacks, they are allowing just ten fantasy points a game, five touchdowns against five interceptions. Uh, Mobile quarterbacks have had a little bit of success against them, averaging over five yards a carry. Uh, and the quarterbacks, you know, they've faced haven't really been giant scramblers. They've been, you know, Aaron Rodgers and Marcus Mariota. Uh, you know, Jacoby Brissett. These guys all had pretty decent rushing days, uh, and that maybe gives Deshaun Watson a you know, three to five point floor, but you know, does he go for one and one? Does he go for two and two touchdown to interceptions? Uh, does he give it away to the opposing defense? Cause you know, he's been a guy in college that will give his guys chances. So against Earl Thomas in the middle of the field and against Cam Chancellor and, and Richard Sherman in there, you know, guy playing cross from Richard Sherman, uh, what's his name? Everett, uh, you know, Griffin, that, that guy's playing good as a rookie as well. Like these guys are, are tough, tough. So I don't want anything to do with, you know, Watson and DFS, uh, probably a strong fade there. If you got them in the seasonal, I think you should probably play them, but the overall upside in this game isn't really there, but they did have that extra week to prepare but it is still going on the road to Seattle where they have one of the biggest home field advantages in football. Um, so that overall scares me. Um, and for guys like Fuller and you know Hopkins, I'm probably knocking them down a little bit as well for, for said you know struggles. Um, Lamar Miller's probably an RB2. Uh, and you know, Ryan Griffin at tight end, I don't think he's in play this week. So it, it really comes down to the two wide receivers and four. I'm not dying to put in a lineup. Yeah. He's, he's obviously been consistent, but who knows? It's, it's, it's TD or bust for him. Yeah. You know, Lamar Miller has been a, a model of consistency. Not He had one huge game, you know, big game against Tennessee um, had a, touchdown rushing and receiving and did 
put up some nice yards and in, in both categories. But other than that, he's pretty much a solid, been a solid player. So the ceiling is is quite low for him um, in in most weeks, and going against this team probably lowers to uh, being John Malkovich levels. So, um, but I, I don't know. Is, is is Deontay Foreman? Everyone's been talking about. Um, how it's time for him to get this guy more opportunities and how to move over. Is that, is that really, uh, are you seeing that, that happening? I mean, it looks like he's getting like 12 carries, but um, is he, is he taking too much away, really anything away from Miller or not? Are you not worried about that? Not worried about it. Like, I just think with the rookie quarterback back there, you want a guy like Lamar Miller who knows what the fuck he's doing. I agree. I agree. Uh, obviously, you're playing, um, or are you against this team? Is, is Hopkins gonna? What kind of coverage is Hopkins getting? And if you mentioned it, sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll try and move him around the formation uh, and try to get him in good spots. But overall, I just don't know how big his ceiling is. So in DFS, it's probably a fade in season long. I'm going to treat him more like a wide receiver two than a locked in weekly wide receiver one. Yeah. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, should we move over to the other side? It looks like, um, or you want to talk about the tight end Griffin's garbage. looks like fedora hat is uh, starting to practice. I don't know what that means. Um, as far as playing time, tight end on that team's not really doing much to speak of anyways. Anyone else worth talking about here? Uh, no. Okay, Seahawks, uh, Baldwin finally got it going. Uh, he was looking like uh, he was a cast off there for a minute, Amari Cooper style. Um, got it going big time uh, with a nice game. It's good to see for his sake. Uh, what do you think are his, his – what's his outlook in this game? Uh, I think it's pretty good against the Texans' corners. Uh, there's nothing I, I don't like about Doug Baldwin. He's finally getting it going. Uh, he moves around the formation so much. Uh, he should see a lot of Kareem uh, Jackson, uh, you know, maybe a little bit of Kevin Johnson. Um, but Baldwin plays in the slot uh, most of the time. Uh, I think it's, what, 71% of the time this season. Kareem Jackson provides a pretty good damn matchup for him. Uh, so I'm liking, you know, Baldwin a lot. Uh, Lockett's probably a guy, uh, who I'll be off this week, um, in favor of Paul Richardson. Uh, I just, I just, you know, Lockett's long player bust and the long plays just haven't been there. Even though Russell Wilson's been, you know, a top five cornerback or a top five quarterback, uh, in a bunch of the last weeks here. I'm really liking what he's doing, and, and they do seem to be embracing this passing game style, you know, spreading them out with these three wide receivers and Jimmy Graham and, and going with guys like McKissick and C.J. Proceis at running back in favor of, you know, uh, Thomas Rawls and Eddie Lacy. And those guys are pretty much splitting the work down the middle. Um, and that just makes it tough to trust any of the running backs. So really my only trustable players here are Doug Baldwin, Russell Wilson, and probably Jimmy Graham. Uh, they are finally starting to use Jimmy Graham in those post-up situations on the outside uh, since they can't run the ball in the red zone anymore very effectively. They're starting to use those post-up plays for Graham where he dominated. Uh, took them long enough, but it's an interesting development for his fantasy, you know, football success. 
Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of people that are talking up, picking up Tyler Lockett and waiver wires and people that think he's got the upside because he's the wide receiver too on that team. That Just the numbers are not there. Um, he's just not getting – even when he gets big targets, he just, he just doesn't have – he just, he's just not getting it done. Zero touchdowns in the season. You know, he's had a couple 60-yard games, but he's had a number of 25-ish yard games. I don't know. Just people that are still – Still in on Lockett. I don't really understand it too much. I think uh, the, the the Richardson uh, momentum is is far better, and he's no different. You know, Richardson basically is just scoring on these kind of blind bombs in many regards. But yeah, but uh, he seems to be good for one big play a game. Yeah, like they throw him a play, and he just makes an amazing catch. Like yeah. we really haven't seen that amazing catch other than Lockett just running wide open down the field. That's been Lockett's amazing plays, you know? Yeah, so I agree. Paul Richardson's that benefactor of of Russell Wilson being able to extend the play. So, But I don't know. You can't just be slotting either of these guys in your lineup and like, woo, I'm going to be rocking out the the targets. And uh, it's it's, it's a little scary. So interesting to see what will happen with Jimmy. I'm glad to see you like him. And, yeah, they are starting to use him a little more. Um, I think what do you want to talk about? it's a, it seems like a revolving door of mediocrity, but um, Lacey, Rawls, Procise? No, none. I don't want any of them. All right. I agree. Let's move on to the next game then. Um, that's going to be the Cowboys at Redskins. This one should be pretty fun. Um, is um, First question for the Cowboys side for Des Bryant, is Norman playing this week? Uh, I do believe Norman will play, but they've been moving Des Bryant around enough this season. He's playing like 30% of his routes in the slot. Uh, he's switching between side to side more than really ever in his career. So they're moving him around enough where he should play a lot of slot and therefore get away from Josh Norman. And, you know, Des has just been a hair away, you know, on a weekly basis. And, you know, we saw it come together a little bit last week. So I'm liking Des a lot. Uh, Dak Prescott, nobody's been more consistent at quarterback than him. Um, his rushing upside mixed with, you know, the pass happy attack that they've shown, um, and you know, the pass early run late sort of mix is giving them big, big ceiling weeks. So love Dak, love Dez. I also think this is a week where Cole Beasley, you know, should have a pretty good matchup going up against Kendall Fuller in the slot. Um, now, I'm liking him, you know, Witten, five for 50, I guess, I don't, maybe a touchdown. Uh, and we know Washington, you know, doesn't have the greatest linebackers to keep up with him. So Witten's in play, you know, Zeke's locked in until we find out he's suspended or not. Uh, I don't think it'll be this week. He definitely should be in this week. Um, so I think all your Cowboys are in play and, and the co- the closest other player you know, it was Cole Beasley. And then it all comes down to Terrence Williams and Bryce Butler, because Bryce Butler right now is playing like the better player, but he's just not getting the targets and he's not getting the snaps, unfortunately. Yeah. Wheeler just posted actually uh, a news feed about Bryce Butler uh, titled Time for More Targets. <laughs> um, so he. He agrees, and this, his, his fantasy goo was, I have no idea why they're targeting Terrence Williams, um, and it just really makes no sense. But I like your call. Um, actually, last uh, year, um, 
Beasley was able to have um, a couple of pretty serviceable games against Washington. Um, and uh, I think out of the slot, we've seen, um, I think what we've seen that you can do, you can get some damage done um, against the Washington Redskins. Yep. Yep. Um, let's flip over to the Washington Redskins. Do uh, it. What happened to Terrell Pryor? He got benched for all but one snap in the first half. Uh, what, what, what was going on there? Cause he, they were even say, even saying it. it was like, they didn't talk about it once. Gruden did not say one friggin' word about it, which tells me that he knew beforehand from his brother that he was in trouble and he was bent, he was get, being sat. Gruden like didn't want to go out of his way to make a point of it. They kind of brought it up when he finally got a catcher. I think he actually dropped his first uh, th- target. Um, but what, what is there any news of what's going on? How is he in the doghouse? What's going? This is this is this is weird to me. I didn't see this coming. Yeah. Uh... Right now, there's no real news. We don't know it. Like, I don't think you could start Terrell Pryor right now, even if it is a great matchup uh, for, you know, the Washington receivers. It's just tough to say what's going to happen on that side. Like, uh, Pryor could be benched or he could play. Like, he could play every snap. Uh, It could be Josh Dotson, Jameson Crowder, and Terrell Pryor instead of Ryan Grant. Uh, but Josh Dotson looks like the guy who, even without Terrell Pryor, has ascended in snaps. They want to get him more looks. Uh, you know, he's been targeted in the red zone. So all the things you wanted to see from Josh Dotson are starting to come together. So that's a guy I'd like in the waiver wire to pick up if still available. But at this point, I doubt it. Jameson Crowder, I don't even think he has a game with double-digit points in PPR. Uh yeah. It's tough for Crowder right now, and, and it's going to be tough for Pryor. Like, I think you got to sit him um, and then just see how they treat it. Maybe maybe he does get back to playing nearly every snap. Um, but right now, I mean, there's no, no, no idea of what's going on with Pryor. We need more word. Like, But I can't sit him until they're like, oh, he was benched for – malcontent or whatever they want to come up with, you know? Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I, you know, I guess what, what's his name still getting it done? Um, uh, cousins, uh, spreading the ball around because like you said, I mean, all those guys, even as Dawson's ascending, he, he, he's not having a great season by any stretch of the imagination, you know, right now in standard, um, Dachson is, uh, a little bit behind Pryor. He's a 77th wide receiver in fantasy football behind Ricardo Lewis of the Cleveland. And you look I mean, at Pryor, Pryor 68th. And I think I'm pretty sure Crowder's lower than both of them. I mean, my thoughts here are, you know, Dotson's a desperation wide receiver, but I, I could see it. I, I like, if I'm starting a wide receiver, he's the most likely yeah. I could start Jordan Reed. I could start Chris Thompson because that's where, you know, they're having real success. Chris Thompson's fucking killing it. Like, he's on pace for nearly a 1,000 yards receiving. Uh, his touchdown numbers are awesome. There's nothing to dislike about Chris Thompson. And they finally started this, you know, hey, screw this 8 to 10 stuff. Let's see what he could do with 15. And, and that just gives him even more upside. And, and Kirk Cousins, you're loving him because he's thrown, you know, 
300-yard games at a higher rate, you know, since he became the starter. I think guys like Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, you know, all the greats. Like, the fantasy points are there for Kirk Cousins, um, despite not having a top 20 tight end or a top 10 tight end, a top 50 wide receiver, um, and, you know, Chris Thompson's that top eight running back, but, you know, that's it. Like, it's Chris Thompson, and then finally Jordan Reed broke out last week. Other than that, he's been getting no help from anyone except for spreading it around and finding Vernon Davis on a big play every game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's crazy. It, it just it really does show you how big for Cousins Chris Thompson's been. Um, he's, he's just been kind of, he's been the game changer for him. Uh, impressive. I love watching that guy play. He's, 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 he's seriously legit. Um, all right. Do we have anything else we want to talk about on that team? Nope. Uh, I guess it's Rob Kelly. Uh, if you're looking for a standard play, uh, I think he's going to get more and more involved, uh, as the weeks go on and he gets healthier and healthier, Against Dallas, though, and how they can control the clock, it does scare you a little bit for his overall number uh, of touches. But he's definitely the preferred play over Samaj P. Ryan, who was you know left out in the cold on Monday night. Yep, not looking good for him. Cool stat: Chris Thompson, three hundred twenty-nine receiving yards after the catch, uh, by far the most of any uh, running back. Guys, guys, doing it up. Um, all right, let's uh, move on over to the uh, football in America Sunday night game on NBC Steelers at Lions. Uh, let's start with the visiting team. Um, obviously, we said many times Martavis out. He's probably going to be on your bench anyways at this point. Let's talk about Juju. What are your What are your thoughts on him? Uh, good pickup. Uh, been a waiver wire gem uh, over the last couple weeks. Uh, do you like him? Is it Eli Rogers? Or what? We know that it's Antonio Brown. Who's now the number two? I mean, I think it's got to be Juju. Juju's playing half his uh, snaps in the slot, half outside. Uh, so I like Juju to keep it going. Um, overall, you know, he's the number 41 receiver in standard leagues. He's got three touchdowns on the season. Um and, you know, that floor of targets has at least gone his way. He's gotten at least three targets in every game, at least two catches in every game. Um, I like Juju as sort of a floor play. I don't know if he has massive upside that Martavis did, though. Like, he might just be a plug-and-play flex type in PPR leagues without room for much more. But, hey, maybe he can get four to five more targets a game, Um on the outside, but I also think they're going to play Justin Hunter and play Darius Hayward Bay and sort of mix and match their deep threats because I don't know if Juju has the deep speed to get open on this, uh, you know, this defense. Did, uh, defense. did, you, see, did you see Mia Khalifa, the porn yeah. star, try and uh, get into uh, Juju's uh, slide into his DMs? And he's like, I might be young, but I ain't stupid. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. That guy's awesome to follow on Twitter. Yeah, he's pretty damn good. He's um, a good dude. They got his bike back, so good for Team Juju. Uh, 
yeah. yeah. He, set, he sets up he sets up GoPros and just rides around like in the rain. He looks like friggin' he's got the hoodie on and you think it's like ET in, in the basket or something. It's freaking hilarious. I spent a couple day uh I spent some Sunday uh just checking out some of his uh videos and stuff, man. That guy's friggin' hilarious. Yeah. Uh go on. I mean, I think they mix and match with all their other receivers. We'll see if Martavis Bryant is still there, you know, after the trade deadline next week, but it doesn't sound like he's playing this week. They pretty much already ruled him out. So get him out of your lineups. Uh, but look at Antonio Brown. He's locked in. I think Juju's probably a wide receiver, three or flex play, um, preferably in PPR rather than standard, but he has shown some touchdown upside with touchdowns in half his games. Uh, but I also think they could go with more two tight end sets. We've seen Vance McDonald make a couple plays down, down the seam. Uh, and we've seen Jesse James nearly always be on the field as a blocker and that sort of, you know, late release dump off, but it all comes down to, can you play big Ben on the road, uh, against the lions coming off a bye week? And I, like we talked about Matt Ryan. I don't know if you can feel solid about that right now. Agreed. Um, obviously so I'm playing, playing Bell and I'm playing Brown and I'm yeah. probably playing Juju, um, you know, in, in sort of a flex spot. And Ben's probably QB 15 range. Maybe, maybe he's a streamer for you. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Uh, I want to, I'm interested to see what happens with that, but that team is pretty fun to watch on offense. I will say that. Yep. They're, I mean, they've got the best choreographed TD celebrations in the league, so that's yeah. at least good. Those are, those are pretty stupid, but whatever. Um, anyway, I, but I, I definitely uh, – it'll be interesting that's to see stupid. how things – Do you hate fun? <laughs> no, I just, I just hate I, – like what, when do those guys choreograph it? Hey, if I get in the end zone – We'll play hide and seek. If I get in the end zone, we'll do. It's just like I don't. I, don't, I can't even imagine sitting around in the locker room and like, when, when do you figure this out? In the locker room with your dick out, usually. <laughs> oh my god! One thing that, that just that just brought me to think about with Juju's uh, Twitter account. Um, he did a uh, best hair. He did a thing where uh, Shazier and Dobbs were sitting across from each other in the locker room. You know, those guys both have that condition where they can't grow hair on their head. Um, okay. no, they've got no eyebrows and no hair. And he's going left to, from Shazir. Then he goes over like three feet to Dobbs, the quarterback from where, Tennessee or whatever, second yeah. year. And he's going back and forth between them. <laughs> it is the funniest fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. I'm actually going to retweet it. And they're both dying. He goes left, Shazir, Dobbs, hair contest. <laughs> <laughs> So fucking funny. Um, all right, enough of me blowing Juju. Uh, let's move over to the Lions. With the Lions, you know, this we talked about how tough the Steelers are on defense, you know, currently allowing the fewest fantasy football points uh, across the board. But uh, how they do it is they shut down opposed passing games. They're allowing the fewest points to opposing wide receivers, the six fewest points to opposing tight ends, and the second fewest points to opposing quarterbacks. So I want nothing to do with Stafford. Uh, we already knew I'm done with Ebron. I probably won't play Fells either. Um, so it, it, Marvin Jones, uh, maybe just because Golden Tate will be out. Uh, 
maybe Kenny Galladay could be back, but overall, I think it's Marvin Jones and then probably Amir Abdullah because where they are vulnerable is to opposing running backs. And where they are vulnerable to opposing running backs is sort of in the run game. They can be run on. Uh, they're allowed, they've allowed 734 rushing yards to opposing running backs. Uh, so that's 105 a game. They got destroyed by Leonard Fournette, Jordan Howard, uh, and these power backs. The question is, can a guy like Amir Abdullah establish himself enough to be a real difference maker? Or does he end up with seven carries for 48 yards like Joe Mixon? Um, I, I, I think Abdullah is the best play on this offense this week. And I don't really want to mess with anybody else. That's crazy, man. Started out hot, but it, 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 it's, it's, it's pretty bleak over there um, at this moment. Especially with Tate out. Like, I don't want anything to do with the Lions offense against the Steelers. They are, they're sort of getting back to Steeler football, playing, playing tough defense, running the ball, uh, and just creating havoc. Absolutely. Um, I agree. So, Lions, fade them. <laughs> uh, should we move on to the last game? We did a good job here, kind of getting covering a lot of dudes and making it happen and not doing uh, one of our um, three-hour shows, which is what we kind of sought out to do so we can check out some uh, World Series action. Um, I haven't even looked and seen where the game is at yet, but uh, hopefully uh, Houston can even this one out. Um, But let's go to the Monday night game um, and talk about them Broncos at the Chiefs. So the Broncos, uh, Emmanuel Sanders hasn't been cleared to practice. Uh, And if he was, like if we hear that he's going to play, he looks like a strong, strong start against the Chiefs. They are allowing so many fantasy points to opposing wide receivers. Currently the most, they're allowing the most touchdown receptions to opposing wide receivers. But if he's out, that means Demarius Thomas. And they're going to have to try and get him away from Marcus Peters, uh, so I really like both Denver wide receivers should Emmanuel Sanders be healthy. Uh, you know, the tight ends, it looks like AJ Derby's like putting a little bit of distance between himself and Virgil Green and Jeff Howerman. He seems to be the preferred option in the receiving game. So he's an interesting play here against the chiefs. Uh, and you know, the running backs, is it CJ Anderson? Is it, uh, Jamal Charles? Is it Devonte Booker? Is it all three, which it probably is. It's probably all three, unfortunately, but you know, CJ Anderson's probably the best play against the chiefs. Uh, but they're a little bit tougher against opposing running backs than they are against any other position. Yeah. Agreed. Um, what do you think uh, about uh, Trevor? Uh, I mean, if we like the wide receivers that much, we've got to like Simeon a little bit. But, you know, Kansas City just plays the style right now where they're getting up so big that quarterbacks are just throwing it all day against them. Uh, and it's really, really sort of, you know, giving them some big fantasy output. Uh, I mean... The upside is there for a Simeon. They've allowed 24.8 points to Carson Wentz, 20 points to Kirk Cousins, 33.5 to Deshaun Watson, 30.2 to Derek Carr, 
those numbers just say that there's a ceiling because they might have to throw the fucking ball a lot. But they've also shown a floor. Uh, They held Ben Roethlisberger to 11.9, Phillip Rivers to 3.5, and Tom Brady to 10.7. So it's a a floor or a ceiling play. Like He could come up with 10 points or he could come up with 25. I think what you're basically told us is with Emmanuel, well, do you think Emmanuel plays? I bet you he's not in there. Uh, basically, what we're saying here is the Broncos, uh, it's Demarius Thomas, hoping that Emmanuel Sanders plays. Um, but if not, he's still probably the best person to throw in the lineup for the week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Just because I agree. Those guys get up so much. Like, how much can you run? How much yeah. can you play controlled offense? You got to let uh, Simeon get after it and stay in the game and at this point, what is it, Fowler and, and Demarius, if you got Sanders out? Yeah, Fowler and Jordan Taylor, and they've got a bunch of different guys that are playing at wide receiver with Emmanuel out. What's your word for those guys, Jags? Uh, Just Ancillary wide receivers. Oh, okay. <laughs> what was Jags? Like Rob Kelly? Yeah, Rob what? Kelly. Okay. Just so, a guy. Just a guy. <laughs> okay. Let's go over to the uh, the Chiefs. And then we'll um, we'll shut this party down. I'll do one quick little prior promo. Do us a favor. Um, go on iTunes. Uh, do a search for the Fantasy Football Fire. It's the Pyro Podcast. It's what you're listening to here. For those of you that have followed us in this journey and been with us for years, we appreciate it. For those of you that are new to us, uh, we usually have three guys in the show. Houdini's usually there. We're usually together throwing back some Valverde's. Me and Houdini get a little crazy. Um, Stag party is uh, our, our, our smarty pants, um, and it's, it's a good, good time. We have a blast, play some music, play some sound bites. Today we're just uh, kind of um, remotely doing the show together for you, and we're actually doing it a day late because I wasn't feeling good yesterday. So usually in season we're bringing this thing out on Tuesday, uh, and then during the off season we'll, uh, we come out with it a little more regularly, but more, mostly on uh, Wednesdays. So go to iTunes. Give us a review. Give us a, a nice uh, five-star rating, um, and we'd be very appreciative of it. If you want to find us on Twitter, uh, the Pyro main account is at P-Y-R-O-M-A-N, the number one A-C. Stag Party, give them your Twitter handle. You, yours is awesome. Pyro Stag, P-Y-R-O-S-T-A-G. And then uh, also just because uh, – Waz, our boy at Waz NFL has been crushing it on the uh, fantasy um, pros. Um, so follow him as well. He's been doing really good. I think right now he's sixth on the season. Um, the Pyro Heat Index had a good week this week. Uh, we finished 22nd. Um, so we're working on our model and uh, have had some great success this, se- this season as well. So check us out on all these things. We're on Facebook, Pyromaniac. Just search Pyromaniac and and devour it all. Uh, We would have greatly appreciate it. Let's get on to the Chiefs owns. Hmm. The Chiefs. Who? Uh, Chiefs, I like everybody a little bit. I mean, Alex Smith, uh, you know, it is the Broncos. It is a tough defense, but it is at Arrowhead. It is on Monday night. We've seen the Chiefs just pick up their play in these primetime games. So I sort of like Alex Smith, even though the matchup seems tough. Uh, Tyreek Hill, 
you know, we've seen his upside and just any given play that he can go get it um, score. So I like Tyreek is probably a wide receiver two, maybe wide receiver three with upside because of that long speed. Uh, and then other than that, well, like Travis Kelsey, this is probably the best matchup Travis Kelsey's had this season. That's one of the reasons you can really like Alex Smith is Travis Kelsey should be able to get it done over the middle and against the safeties of the Broncos. Uh, and also Kareem Hunt out of the backfield um, receiving the ball. This is probably not a great spot for him as a rusher uh, going up against the Broncos who are allowing the fewest fantasy points to opposing running backs. But, you know, they have allowed two rushing touchdowns or two receiving touchdowns against no rushing touchdowns uh, and have allowed some decent receiving games. Melvin Gordon's had five for 25 and one touchdown. Uh, LaShawn McCoy, seven for 48. Um, So the upside is there for Hunt as a receiver, and we know that he's a grinder, and he he could get 18 to 20 touches and and turn those into some productive yards for you. So I think all the Chiefs that you've been starting, you keep starting, and and that includes Alex Smith, even though it's a tougher matchup on paper. Yeah, well, I agree. Great points all around on the Kelsey, just to give a piggyback. Last season, Kelsey had um, big games against Denver. Both both times he played, he uh, put up 100-yard games. Um, so you're liking what Kelsey can do uh, against this against this team, um, in my opinion. So uh, I think you're ready. You're ready to fire him up, um, no question about it. Last year, yeah, he had 160 yards in one game. Um, damn, that was 11 catches on 12 targets. Uh, and then the other Denver game was 15 targets, eight catches, 101 yards, but no TD. So odds are Alex Smith is going to be targeting the shit out of uh, Travis Kelsey this year or this game. Um, so put him in there. Put him in there. Uh, awesome, buddy. Stag party. I, we, we just went through all the games. It's nice sometimes to have uh, three bye games. Um, again, remember that that first game on Sunday is in London. So it starts early. That's nine 30 Eastern. That's that Vikings Browns game. So get your lineups in, um, early. Uh, don't botch that one. I don't know who you, you know, and for your Vikings guys mostly, but just pay attention to that. Um, that game tomorrow night is going to be pretty much a dud. Am I allowed to say this? I think I'm going to go see Blade Runner 2049 tomorrow night, uh, instead of watch that Thursday night game. I think you just did. So (laughs) I'll TiVo it. I'll watch it later. Um, All right, buddy. Good stuff. Always a pleasure talking uh, and dropping the goo with you, my friend, my friend. Um, Take care. You can watch the game or what do you got going on after this? I don't know. We'll see something fun. Hopefully. All right, buddy. Good stuff. Thanks for hey all you guys listening. We appreciate it. Uh, bring home the victory. This was show two eighty nine. Totally cremate your opponent in week eight. Out. Out. <laughs>